Hello everyone! This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is May the 31st. 2022 strong hand long-term thinking bitcoin is the next bitcoin i'm offended by selling fitting is overrated remember personal responsibility is the new counterculture also remember that this is the golden age confident decentralist that's what i am all right bitcoin is the next bitcoin be in motion people this is where the big boys play. Keep, compete. Don't complain. We're going to talk about all of that today. All right. Hello, my elite friends. If you've got questions, I've got answers. I got about an hour for this show before I got to have an appointment with someone online. Uh, so and do the super chat. Type in Bitcoin Meister. We're going to be able to answer all your questions. Going to talk a lot about all sorts of subjects that have been in the news lately, some Ethereum in there, some Bitcoin envy, the crypto skeptics. I want to thank Henry Law. He sent me, uh, you know, he sent me some uh, some donations last time. We're getting closer to another new show. But of course, Derek up in uh, Sioux Falls, he is awesome. He, uh, it's because of him we're having this show and we had the previous show with Bally. So watch that show. It's in the archives, disruptmeister.com, link to below. There And Derek, it, it was so generous. Again, when you're in motion, you meet awesome people, you go to awesome places, and you get uh, more shows sponsored. So even after this show, this is the second one, there'll be a third one soon enough, and then we're only $94 away from a fourth one. So uh, keep, keep on sending them, people. Thank, thanks a lot. And yes. Uh, I'm, I'm for the Adam's doing shows. Yes. People are sponsoring shows. So I'll do shows as, uh, as long as you guys sponsor them. Uh, I'm in a, again, beautiful Salt Lake city where it was Memorial day yesterday. Yet it was freezing outside. This is one of the most beautiful cities in the United States of America that I've ever been to. I can't take the cold. I, I can, I mean, it would be perfect if the temperature was normal. All right. And everyone would move here. And I'm sure all the people in Salt Lake City don't like me, me giving away their secrets uh, because some people can stand the cold. I, I, I mean, Memorial Day, for, it, it started hailing on me when I was raining and when I was running in, in, in the cold, the cold November rain. It felt like a Guns N' Roses song, but it's freaking uh, Memorial Day, not the cold November rain. Axl Rose wasn't... Uh, running around with his uh, hot boy. Anyway, pound that like button. Let's just get into this here. I hope you uh, played uh, played this at 2X so you don't have to hear me talk about Axl Rose and Salt Lake City and all that. And Joseph says, uh, fitting right in with the Mormons alcohol-free. <laughs> I guess I am. I don't see Mormons, though, here. I mean... We've been through this before. I've seen some of their, their little churches. I, I've never seen anyone come out of there. It's just, this is a very liberal city. It's a college town. It's a big college town, capital of Utah. Beautiful, beautiful place. And Frank is in the house. He's up in uh, San Francisco. Good morning. Uh, you're the, you are in the you are best in the Bitcoin space. It's very nice of you to say, Frank. And uh, it's, it's always good to to see you here. It's, it's been a little while since I saw your name. So let's start talking about crypto skeptics. What, what is a crypto skeptic? How, how have they evolved over time? And I, I want to say they're crypto mommies, basically. They, they want to protect, they want to protect all the innocents. They want to protect the children from the evil crypto. They want to grow up to be Elizabeth Warren. Uh, you know, take it to that level. But back in 2018, we 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 value our time in the halvings here. In a two two hundred ten thousand blocks ago, we had haters of Bitcoin, but there wasn't this cottage industry where there are people building serious uh, 
serious online reputation, social media reputation, strictly around uh, being crypto skeptics. There's a, there's a nice clean name for being a Bitcoin hater now. And I, I saw that the Washington Post had a uh, article about this Molly White. And she's a younger one. She's not like Peter Schiff and uh, she's not like Liz, Elizabeth Warren, although she'll age into Elizabeth Warren one day. I'm sure maybe that's her goal. Uh, and I see big things for this Molly White eh, and others like her. It's, you know, they question Web3. They question you know, the, what happened with Luna. And they intertwine it with Bitcoin. Some of you might be like, oh, well, they're looking out for what's best for people. I, I don't like Luna either. But dude, <laughs> they're, coming for, they're coming for Bitcoin also. Yes, Luna and all this nonsense is a shield. And all the stable coins are a shield for Bitcoin. They're centralized. Indeed. But... These, these blow-ups, these, these issues that are outside of Bitcoin, that are in the cryptocurrency space, they're getting bigger. Thus, the crypto mommies, the crypto skeptics are getting uh, bigger. And you got to get used to it. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. While the following article is straight out of the scary world with mean men, please, big daddy, government, protect me, mainstream culture. So that's, I mean, that was a, a tweet of mine descri describing this article about, you know, glorifying this Mali woman saying that she's a crypto skeptic. It's, it's all, of, that is mainstream culture today. Big daddy government, protect me. That's what that's about. We are in the counterculture here. Bitcoin, personal responsibility is the new counterculture. I, and I read about this article. The, the Drudge Report is promoting this. With some some salacious headline, like she came after, I I, I don't know, she she went after uh, racist people, and now she's going after uh, crypto people, it's, it, intertwining the whole thing. She has pronouns in her bio, of course. Uh, <laughs> so that's uh, so you can check her out yourself. Now I I want to ask you these these people, crypto skeptics. Why do banks get to have a monopoly on setting interest rates, okay, or printing their own money? They think that there should not be a separation of state and money. And thus, that gives them legitimacy for their crypto skepticism, for their dislike of Bitcoin. Oh, why? That we shouldn't allow private money. This is the realm of the government. The government should control interest rates and every aspect of money. They should have a monopoly. So... And so if you agree with her, on a certain level, you agree with her when you don't like, uh, when you say proof of stake should be too, totally eliminated. Uh, what, what, what is this staking thing? Why does uh, Ethereum get to print their own money? Why do uh, these uh, other, you know, why does, I, I, I don't like saying it, people want yield, okay? People want, why should the government define what yield is on a bank account or, or, or to even say, well, we live in this traditional world where banks get to set their interest rates in cahoots with the government. So it's wrong for someone like uh, Richard Hart to, to make his own coin that has uh, interest rates and yield and everything like that. You're, you're on. So, so why is it deep down? What, what gives the government that authority to say, uh, you know, private money is wrong? public money. Uh, we, we set interest rates. We can print as much money as we want, but you can't print as much money as you want because Elizabeth Warren says so. I mean, that's where people are deferring. Uh, they're, they're looking to authority. Well, Elizabeth Warren says uh, these things are bad. So they're bad. I mean, th this is the mindless way. And I mean, a lot of people just take it. So whenever you're dealing with someone, and, and there's a lot of people that are like, we need to get rid of these stable coins. We need to regulate stable coins. We need to regulate Bitcoin. We need to, why? Why do we need these regulations? This guilty until proven innocent regulations. Because Elizabeth Warren says so. But you have to ask your fellow Bitcoin fan, well, why should Ethereum die? Why, why, why should the government uh, regulate Ripple. 
Is it because of is it because Elizabeth Warren says so? And it is because Elizabeth Warren says so. That, that is the basis. That is the true basis of all this. Is that there should be there are philosopher kings out there that know better than us, and they need to protect the kid, the children of the world, and the old ladies of the world, and the innocents of the world. They can't. They can complain, but they cannot compete. Dude, brother, sisters, this Bitcoin is where the big boys play, okay? So if you say you're a Bitcoiner, but you want Elizabeth Warren to regulate Ripple out of existence, I mean, I I, I don't know what I don't know what to say there. I, I think there's a there's a contradiction. And we need to go to our first principles here. What what if if we can have our own private money that's proof of work, then why can't What's wrong with somebody else having their own money, this proof of stake, and it going completely down the tube and completely being insane like what happened with Luna? That they, you know, let these people experiment. Innovation is what brings up our standard of living, okay? And the philosopher kings and queens, they don't care about innovation. They don't care about our standard of living. They care about their power and their... They think their standard of living increases with their decentralization of power around them, okay? And perhaps their standard of living does. They do become wealthier when they get to print their own money and have a monopoly on doing that, okay? Maybe it does. I, I, I guess it does. Um, but, but dudes, crypto skeptics, haters of Ethereum, haters of this, hater of that, you're, you're all over there, man. And so... For me, as a confident decentralist, let them do what they're going to do over there. I know it doesn't affect me in Bitcoin world, all right, where I am. I am not scared of what they are doing at all. I don't feel the need to protect the innocence. That is not my mission in life. Okay, my mission in life is, is to live an awesome life and to protect my wealth, to protect my family. Um just have a good time. And, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to make a, a career out of virtue signaling. <laughs> and, and, and people are welcome to do that. You are welcome to do that. But I'm going to, I'm going to say, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's wild. And, uh, you know, because Liz Warren said so. So we lately, you know, we're talking about uh, different coins out there, different, Different ways of thinking. Uh, we got this Ethereum thing going on. Ethereum 2.0 is on the way. And I have been talking about it for a little while. And I have said that it's not a threat to Bitcoin. And that when it finally happens, when it goes to proof of stake from proof of work, and everyone in ESG land is saying it is the best thing since Swiss cheese, that because the ESG narrative is very popular amongst the normies, amongst the Elizabeth Warren fans of the world, amongst the mollies of the world, uh, the crypto mommies, the crypto mollies, whatever you want to call them, pound that like button. Ethereum is going to pump and it's going to help Bitcoin too. There's going to be all sorts of mainstream money that's going to come coming into the cryptocurrency space because they think, oh, there's something that's ESG kosher now. All right. We're, it's funny with all some of these funds that are out there in traditional finance, they get ESG certified. They're basically the same as the other funds that aren't ESG certified. They just get an ESG uh, stamp of approval from some third party out there. So now Ethereum is going to get its ESG stamp of approval. That's going to make a lot of people feel good and warm about cryptocurrency. And many of them will come into Bitcoin also. It is going to help the space. It will be reminiscent of 2019 when everyone thought uh, Facebook was going to create Libra and there was a pump of Bitcoin during the bear market simply because of Libra. Uh, Facebook saying they were going to have Libra, okay? That they were going to have this centralized coin. That is nothing that really, that's not Bitcoin. Facebook Libra was not going to be Bitcoin, but it pumped Bitcoin. Ethereum is not Bitcoin. It will pump it will pump Bitcoin, all right? So 
that's a positive spin on all this. Also, by the way, with the crypto skeptics, that we even have all these people now that are building a cottage industry just shows you how big Bitcoin has gotten, okay? 2018, 2014, we didn't have anything like this at all. We're people making careers out of uh, being centralized haters and worshipers of the government and Liz Warrens of the world around Bitcoin, okay? So that, that's a positive take on all this. Now, but going back to Ethereum, people are saying Ethereum is, is going to die. You sound like morons. You are, I'm not saying you are morons. You sound like an idiot. There are Ethereum obituaries out there. There's an Ethereum obituary page. I found it. I linked to it below. Check it out. Read it. It sounds as ridiculous as the Ethereum, as the Bitcoin Ethereum, a Bitcoin obituary pages. It, it's Ethereum is the next Ethereum. This smart contract stuff stuff. You might not understand it, but it's what powers the DeFi stuff that you might hate, and it's what powers the NFT stuff, which you might hate, but people like that stuff. I'm, I'm not making NFTs. I'm not doing DeFi, but I'm not running away from reality. Reality is we are in a digital world. We are in a golden age where people are innovating, where young, where people want yield. We were talking about yield before, where people don't like physical things anymore. Ethereum, smart contracts is what smart contracts is what, what is behind that type of stuff. When we started talking about smart contracts in 2016 and 2015. I didn't know what they were going to power. I didn't know there were going to be ICOs. I I knew that there was this coin that could do things. And then there was Bit Ethereum. And there was Bitcoin, which was protecting your wealth, which was a new fangled savings account, which was simple, basic economics, which was separation of money from state, which is so awesome, which is so world-changing. Ethereum is not... Bitcoin has won in that space, sound money. Ethereum can't do, do that. Ethereum has changed its monetary policy, will continue to alter its monetary policy, has set, has, is so much more centralized than Bitcoin is, has a centralized leader. But that doesn't mean it's going to die. You, It's just like these people saying that Bitcoin should die, that they they're making money off of being crypto skeptics, wanting to regulate Bitcoin out of existence. You are like when you talk about Ethereum being dead soon, that it will never, you know, that compare Nick Batya has an article about this. And I respect, and it's linked to below. I respect Nick Batya. Okay. I've had him on the show before. He is a smart guy. It's great. Lightning Network stuff that he talks about. Awesome. Awesome. He understands the sound money aspects of Bitcoin. Great. But he's talk, He's comparing Ethereum to Litecoin, to all these other flavors of the month, saying that if you value your wealth in Bitcoin, which you should, that if you invested in Litecoin and all these other things, you saw their value in Bitcoin go down the tubes. He's very right about that. Bcash also, all these other ones we've seen come and go. People... We're not using these things. A, a few here and there, people, there are an incredible amount of developers on Ethereum. There are people doing all sorts of things. It's apples and oranges to compare Bcash and Ethereum in terms of altcoins, okay? It, it's, it's insane. You're being intellectually dishonest. Now, will Ethereum ever reach it's all-time high in terms of Bitcoin again, which was like 12% of a Bitcoin. It was something, I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't know if it will ever get that high again, but he's saying it's slowly, you know, now it's under 6% of a Bitcoin. You forget, dude, summer of 2020, Bitcoin, Ethereum was less than 3% of a Bitcoin. I said it was going to get back to 6% because I knew they were doing this Ethereum 2.0 thing it's got a lot of marketing hype behind it. I did not know. I did not know that the NFT thing was going to become big. I did not know the DeFi thing was going to become big. It has. And 
part of this thing about smart contracts and all these people saying they're useless, come on, dudes. But when smart contracts came out in 2016 or 2015, 2016 with Ethereum, we could not say what they were going to produce. We, we could not, we, we could not produce this, predict this. So right now in 2022, we can't predict what they're going to produce in the future. What's the next NFT thing? What's the next DeFi thing? And that's why there is so much potential in Ethereum. That's why venture capitalists funded this thing called Solana, which is a completely, is a complete competitor with Ethereum that does the smart contract thing faster, whatever it does. It's the future. Bitcoin is the base layer of Bitcoin has nothing to do with smart contracts. Thank God. Thank God. But, but people are building things like stacks on, and we can argue about what the definition of on means. All right. On Bitcoin, they're building stacks which does um, all the smart contract stuff, whether it be DeFi, and there's a demand for this. Let the innovators do their thing with stacks, and it will help Bitcoin. That, that's great. If someone could build something on Bitcoin that deals with smart contracts, you can see through Ethereum how tremendous this space is going to be. And if you don't like it, Great. Then stick with the sound money stuff with Bitcoin. It is the best that's out there. I am very comfortable with all this other stuff going on. And people that the people at Stacks that want to tie Bitcoin into all the smart contract stuff, be my freaking guest because you can't change the base layer of Bitcoin. All right. You can't change that anchor. All right. The, the anchor is there. People will build, will use that anchor for all sorts of things. And you, there doesn't have to be some centralized authority out there that says, no, the anchor can only be used for that. That's what we're living in right now. All right. And I think it's hypocritical for these people out there to love decentralization, but to say, you know what, the, the anchor you got to look at the anchor the way I look at the anchor, okay? You can only do this with the XYZ with the anchor, and that's it. You want some centralized authority to say what some people can do with Bitcoin. What's a threat to Bitcoin? What, what is a Bitcoin, okay? It's very, it's very odd to me, all right? And it reminds me of the situation in the United States of America. Where again, we have the people like Elizabeth Warren that want to define what what is right and wrong in, in terms of American culture. What who needs to be protected? Who's the victim? All right, and that 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 someone over in Louisiana needs to be, you know, if, if people in California don't like what people in Louisiana is doing, Louisiana has to change. We are 50 separate experiments here. And that's the way I look at it. It's a Bitcoin. It's a, you know, we go back to the times of the Confederacy. There were some things that came, that one of their bad, one of their issues was that they didn't want the federal government telling them what to do. They thought the states should be their own experiments. Okay. Now, what, what in, in some of the Southern states, what was going on um, was wrong. And they would have worked that out. It's morally wrong to be a to be a slave, but it's moral. It's also morally wrong to be a slave of the government. To, to be for the government to dictate how how to rule your life. All right, some faraway centralized authority telling each state, you know, that this is what you're supposed to do, even though you don't want to do this. All right, and so in in our in our cryptocurrency space. There are Bitcoiners who are believe or more like states' rights type of people. I, in, in today's title, I wrote Bitcoin. You could call them Bitcoin Confederates. They don't, you know, they're they're uh, you know Louisiana Bitcoiners that don't care what the California Bitcoiners are doing. So 
If you're a Bitcoiner, what you shouldn't care what the Ethereum people are doing, all right? And be perfectly comfortable with people hating Bitcoin. I am perf perfectly comfortable with people hating Bitcoin. I am perfectly comfortable with people uh, liking Ethereum. I am perfectly, I don't need to save people from Richard Hart. If you don't understand who Richard Hart is, what Hex is, that it's a dude printing his own money, who's really good at money marketing, who has built an ego coin around him, who has built his coin on Ethereum. I mean, I don't want the government to crack down on him. I don't want the government, I don't believe the SEC should exist at all. All right. I believe in, I truly believe in personal responsibility and separation of money and state and decentralization. Okay. But there are people that just don't feel they need some tremendous authority out there to tell everybody what to do, to mind other people's mind, your own freaking business people. And uh, I wanted to see this shirt was a bear, uh, Barry, Barry, barefoot mining, Bob, his beautiful wife, Lola, gave me the shirt. Get in contact with her if you want this type of custom shirt. BM stands for uh, Barefoot Mining. And they're, you know, check, check them out. He, he was in South Dakota. Obviously, he was in Miami. I talked about him last week or two weeks ago or whatever. Uh, what do we have here? And keep on asking questions here. We see people, you're not typing in Bitcoin Meister. I cannot, if you don't type in Bitcoin, I cannot see what you, I, I can't read all your things. I can only read the ones that are, uh, uh, yeah, I can only read the ones that you type in Bitcoin Meister. All right. I've gone on a, on a few different rants here and I want to make sure that I am, I am covering everything. So Ethereum is not dead. Ethereum is going to pull off this 2.0 thing uh, maybe around September. It will be good for Bitcoin. Be happy. Um, I, I it just If you take a few steps back and look at what is, not what theoretically should be because you believe in certain things, but what is, you will see that you, if you are really hating on and, and being a, a crypto mommy in terms of Ethereum, you're no better than Schiff and Molly and uh, and what's her face? Schiff and Molly. And when it comes to first principles and, 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 and hypocrisy. All right. Now, let's go. Uh, the more decentralized an entity, the less likely for abuse of power. Remember that. The more decentralized an entity. So... When we do have these coins that come out, yeah, there is there's a chance of abuse of power. That's why you want to be in, in the world of Bitcoin. There is no abuse of power, but there are Bitcoiners that want certain aspects of Bitcoin to be centralized, and, and then you, you know, culturally, there could be an abuse of power in, in, in the Bitcoin space. Now, remember that when we're talking about governance of countries that the more decentralized a country is, the less likely for abuse of power. And that's why I do love the United States more than any country. If we went back to what the founders believed in, that it was 13 different states. And if you let them go their own way, you would get true diversity. And there would not be some centralized authority uh, that would be gaining more and more power and thus would be able to abuse that power one day. Because you will hear people that says, well, we do need a centralized authority because they're, they're going to take their power seriously and they're going to do good. But mankind with power, when you get, when you just start to ramp up that power, gain more and more power, um, there's, you're more likely to abuse that power. It's 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 very unfortunate. So let's let, let, be in a situation where power is not centralized, where it is decentralized, and everybody today says they love diversity. Diversity of the mind is promoted by decentralization, by not everyone being the same, by everyone going their own way, 
and creating new ways of governance, creating new ways of thinking. Cre and that is what true innovation is. That is the, uh, that is, that's why I love this decentralization. And so you have to think, am I becoming less decentralized by, you know, becoming a Bitcoin, uh, by becoming part, part of the Bitcoin inquisition or by trying to cut down, worry about someone doing something that I don't like, that's different from my mantra, that's different from what I believe in. Worry about someone doing that because you, you think they're, well, maybe that you think they're a threat to you, but they're not a threat to you. Because if, if you look at it in a positive light, they they might end up innovating and helping you know diversify what you believe in and making what you believe in stronger and bringing more people to what you believe in in the long run. So there does not have to be cultural unity in the United States. There does not have to be cultural unity in the Bitcoin space. It, it would be quite boring. If we were these culture wars in the United States should not exist because we should just be comfortable that a dude in Oregon has a different culture than a dude in Maryland. And I have lived it firsthand by traveling around this entire country. And I, I think that's something that's bad in America, especially these last two years. People have lived in their basements and, and cannot recognize that. Other people have different cultures in other states, and they you shouldn't feel threatened. If you experience their cultures, you wouldn't be threatened by their cultures as much, and you wouldn't feel a need to, to cry to Elizabeth Warren to do something about their culture. Okay, so we shouldn't have culture wars in Bitcoin. We should, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. I'm confident in my, what my beliefs in Bitcoin are, and that other people can have. Other uh, Ethereum stack space cultured in, in, in Bitcoin, build things, uh, smart contract culture in Bitcoin. And here in Salt Lake City, I see all these signs for BLM, things I totally don't believe in. You know, the, the rainbow flags, the, 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 the pastel rainbow flags, the, the, the trans lives matter, this, all this stuff. Am I threatened by it? No, it's a beautiful city. Let them have their culture. I have my culture. Are they trying to smack me down? Are they? Do they not let me walk on the street because I don't believe in their nonsense? Does look like it. It's a pretty peaceful city. And and can I admit that these liberals have a beautiful city? Yes. That I feel totally safe in. That I feel safer in than any city in the United States. I think a big city. Um, you know, I'll be in Boise soon. Maybe I'll feel safer there, but it, this is bigger than Boise here. So uh, you know, to take that in, into your, your Bitcoin core beliefs that you know, let people live and let live, live and let live dudes. That That's what I'm saying. I'm doing here uh, that, that it's all right for someone to have a different culture. You don't have to go to war about it. All right. And so we do have these culture wars in the United States and, it's when, when when we it's more of a decentralization war, a decentralization battle. Look at it that way, that we shouldn't have a centralized authority telling us this is the culture. These people are wrong. These were people right. We can have 50 different cultures and then within those cultures have subcultures and just say, you know what? In California, they're doing things different than we're doing in Florida. And let's just be, let's do it. And if you want to leave California, come to Florida. If you want to leave Florida, come to California. All right. We don't, we don't need someone that says, no, you should have the, you should, if you don't like what's going on in Florida, we should make it California. No. All right. Now. All right, so we, we talked about people using smart contracts. We talked about uh, the potential is, is huge in the smart contract world. So Ethereum is just going to keep growing and growing, and they're going to keep on having competitors. Some of them will die. Um, and by the way, talking about, about culture wars and top-down authority and reliance on government but and current events, there was a, there a, a, a tragic current event that happened in Texas. 
I think the biggest takeaway right off the bat, don't send your kids to public schools. Do not send your kids to public schools. The, the indoctrination there into this national culture, national woke culture, that's not too good. But the, the kids, it's not the, 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 the public schools are being run for the teachers' unions. They're being run as a way to employ public sector employees for it, it's 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 pub, government education, public education, and you should want no piece of this separation of education and state, separation of money and state. If you believe in separation of money and state, you should believe in separation of education and state. And you shouldn't be sacrificing your children to this experiment gone insane. It, it, it just, it, it's just a way for grownups to make money and say they care about children. All right. And get a government check. It's a fancy way for grownups to get a government check. And it again reminds me, what people, would you want your iPhone produced by the government? I mean, that look, that sounds hilarious. It's something your Ron Brook brings up. So why would you want your money controlled by the government? Why would want your education controlled by the government? You know, deep down, whatever, the government is so inefficient that it, it monopolies on anything are horrible. And only governments can make monopolies. Competition, innovation, comes in the private sector only. So with your children, don't throw them into the public sector. You, you can see they put, it's all about equality in these public schools. Well, this kid is, is demented. This kid is mentally ill, but he's got to be with the other kids. It, we, everyone's, everyone's the same. These kids are gifted and talented. We're not going to have gifted and talented anymore. We're not going to have gifted and talented. Everyone's going to take the same boring classes. Everyone's going to have the same. Being the, everyone's the same. No special treatment. We, we, we're just, everything's generic. And it devolves into a system where they don't, the kids are just little machines. And there's no security at these places. Some places have more security than others. They're not looking, they're not looking to protect your kids. You gotta protect your own kids here. Protect your own kids. Do not send them. Uh so again, what happened in Texas was horrifying. That is the the end stage of public education, okay? And, and it's a scary, scary end stage that you can totally avoid. That you could totally avoid. The the Generation of public education, we've seen it happen slowly, and it, it, it has caused other problems in our society where people think equality is number one, is you know trumps everything, uh, and centralization, federal government. This is this this is our history. These people were bad. These people were good. Uh, the, since these people were bad and they were from the south. That, that part of the country should be punished forever and ever. And uh, the, the culture of the United States should be worshiping of the pet president. And he should eventually become a dictator. I mean, this is, this is, this is what education leads to now. In, in, but the, the worst of the worst is what we, we have seen in terms of uh, what happened in Texas. So guys, don't send your kids. Um, please, please don't send your kids to public school. Um, I know it, it sounds very heartless to say, but if you send your kids to public schools, what happens to them, you know, personal responsibility is the new counterculture. You're in charge of your kids. It's your fault. All right. If you're at this point, government schools, they're, they're not getting better. They're getting worse. The counterculture is personal responsibility. Don't, Remove yourself from the mainstream culture. Throughout this video, we've talked about what mainstream culture is about. It's sick. Now, but you don't have to be a part of it. And you can critique it from a distance. All right.
Now, uh, pound that like button. Yes. Uh, Ethereum 2.0. What a joke. Call me Schiff if you want because Ethereum is garbage. Okay. You're entitled to that opinion. I think you look, I think you sound ridiculous. <laughs> Read the Bitcoin obituaries. It's not dying. It's not going anywhere. You can hate on it. That's fine. Um, but, uh, and so to go back to what I was saying beforehand, will it ever get back to uh, 12% of a Bitcoin? I, I don't know. But is it stuck under 6% of a Bitcoin now? When it was under 3% of a Bitcoin back when I said it was going to be 6% of a Bitcoin? No, it'll be over 6% of a Bitcoin. Um, even, even Nick Bot just said his thesis would be off if it returned to 9% of a Bitcoin. There is going to be so much Ethereum hype uh, coming up once they pull off this ESG 2.0 thing um, that, yeah, it, it could easily return to 10% of a Bitcoin. But, but it's just it's, it's silly to say it's dead. It's silly to say it's, it's a joke when there's so much innovation. There's so there are more Ethereum developers than Bitcoin developers, guys, it, it's, because there's more stuff you could do with Ethereum. And thus, you let let the stacks people bring Bitcoin to the smart contract world, and it's fine. Doesn't doesn't it doesn't hurt the Bitcoin? It doesn't hurt the Bitcoin layer at all. Um. All right. Holy uh, crud! Maxis are real. You guys are everywhere. Yeah, you know, I don't like that term maxi at all. Um, and yeah, I I think of um. When I hear the word maxi, I think about maxi pads. So when someone, I don't know if, if some Bitcoin maximists like to be called that. It's definitely not a uh, positive to be called a maxi. All right. So I am, again, I, I don't, I, I don't even like these. I don't like any terms for Bitcoiners. All right. I don't like Bitcoin. Equals, I wish there wasn't a Bitcoin acquisition. That's the only way I could describe it though. In everything you do in life, be a confident decentralist. Don't worry about what someone else is doing, but you know, try to critically think about what other what is reality. What is critically think about what the reality of the cryptocurrency space is right now. Bitcoin is not going to kill everything. For it, there will always be something else. Bitcoin is the master of sound money, all right? Bitcoin is the greatest monetary policy ever created. Bitcoin is the greatest money that is ever created. But you could do a lot with cryptocurrency. You could do a lot, all right? And the kids of today, they're not out there obsessed with the sound money and gold. They don't, all that stuff. You know, I, I, I am comfortable with the fact that gold is out there, okay? I don't want gold to be killed. I don't want Elizabeth Warren to regulate gold out of existence. I am not envious of gold. I live in the reality of a digital world where I know people are going to use Bitcoin. People are going to use digital dollars. People are going to use, because they are worshipers of the government, uh, Fed coins. I am not naive to think that most people are going to be like, Long live the Bitcoin standard. I am giving up on United States dollar coin now. No, most people are sucker MCs that do what Elizabeth Warren. Why should we Why should we have government money? Because Elizabeth Warren said so. Because that's the way it's always been. Because it's so convenient. Look how convenient Fed coin is. I'm not a, I am not this like Bitcoin is going to just convince all the idiots out there of the greatness of sound money. I don't live in that fantasy world. We not everyone is equal of intelligence. Not e everyone is equal in terms of conviction and in terms of just you know being uh, uh, you know they, they don't want to take time to read and think. There are all sorts of different levels of people out there. Thus, that is the reality of the world out there. That that's another reason we're always going to have diversification and competition. You got to get comfortable with that fact, and you just got to just. You know, integrate that into reality. Into what is you're not integrating the reality of Ethereum into your life when you say these uh, just ad hominems about it. You're not 
You're not, and, I mean, and great, live a disintegrated life. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me. I'm just trying to put, you know, people have to be able, you know, meta-analysis of the way they think, all right? You know, can you analyze how you're thinking and how it could be wrong? Not that you can think. We all know that you can think. But, you know, think about your thinking. Think about your thinking there. Take, take it up a level. I, I don't think everyone is, uh, when they want to force certain people to do certain things, but are offended by other people forcing them to do another thing, they're not critically thinking. All right? So, yes, forcing everyone to be the same. Forcing everyone to be the same is not equality. Well, <laughs> equality Let's put it this put it this way. Inequality, when you have inequality, you have freedom. When you have inequality, you have freedom. If everyone was equal, if everyone was the same, the, the amount of force involved, there would be no freedom at all. At all. All right. Yes. And there should be equal treatment of people before the law. And that is the challenge of government, okay? That we need a government is that we, we do need for people to be equally treated before the law, okay? And that is that is a challenge. That is something, and that is why Checks and balances are so important and avoiding tyranny of the majority is so important. Uh, but there are some people that are just so, they don't use their heads. They, they, they hear the word democracy and they're like, oh, that, that's it. Democracy is it. They don't realize that uh, it's 51% uh, could uh, make it illegal to be the other 49%. <laughs> Send the other 49% away to camps. Right. That's, that's why you need checks and balances. And I recommend Brian McClanahan talking about uh, John Calhoun. I've, I've learned a lot lately about decentralization. I, I, John Calhoun was far from perfect. But people, but guess what? On the other side of the coin, the, uh, the nationalist up in Boston, there were many racists there too. Okay? So no one is perfect in their beliefs, but you, you can't just disqualify someone's beliefs because they did something back then, which was morally accepted that which now is rightfully morally repugnant. And, and obviously slavery is, it's totally morally repugnant, repugnant, but you weren't alive in, in 1810. All right. And it, it was just a completely different culture back then. So don't, you can learn a lot from, from some of these political theorists from back in the day, and it, and they were the John Calhoun was the original decentralist. He would have been a Bitcoiner, maybe. <laughs> there was a Bitcoin Confederate for you. <laughs> I know, I know. People don't want to be associated. They don't want Bitcoin associated with Confederates. But it, it can be. It really can be tied in. And you shouldn't be you shouldn't be a self hating Bitcoiner if you can't deal with the fact that certain aspects of the Confederacy. Uh, can be tied in the Bitcoin. The decentralized, they, they were, the Confederacy was more decentralized than the Union. No doubt about it. Thus, the, the Confederacy would be more likely to, uh, to go toward Bitcoin than the Union would have. If that offends you, um, I'm sorry. Again, I'm not sorry. If that intrigues you, you are a unique beast. Pound that like button. It really does intrigue me though. Uh, when you can tie in um, certain things you learn online from certain to other things you learn in line in line certain certain popular topics of the day, uh, you know political political overreach to you know other topics of the day, uh, private money. I love it. I love I love using my brain. I hope you guys are using your brain. United States is a constitutional republic. Yes, it is. But there are plenty of people who forget that. And John Calhoun wanted to take it uh, a step further. And 
have the concurrent majority. And I mean, he thought this was implied in the constitutional republic that states could say, you know what, we don't like this federal policy, even though it was totally approved by everyone, by the majority, by the Senate, by the Congress, we're not doing it. And guess what? Guess what? States or certain cities in the United States are practicing concurrent majorities in terms of enforcing immigration policy. And so that's why I've said on the show before, I couldn't elaborate as well as I can now, that maybe one day Texas and Florida will just say, you know, if Elizabeth Warren ever becomes president and, and some there's some in, insane Bitcoin regulation, we're not going to enforce that. All right. That that's part of concurrent, the concurrent majority right there. We as our states aren't recognizing these federal laws. All right. You read about John Calhoun. Go go listen to Brian McClanahan. I, la- I linked to him in my previous show. We've gone off on some tangents here. Let me see if uh, what else I had written down to cover. Um, and yes, I was right. You know, so certain Bitcoiners are like, well, you know, I and you, you're free to do this. They rank gold ahead of Ethereum. And I've had videos, I think, starting at least in 2019, maybe in 2018, where I said I would rather own Ethereum than gold. And look at the numbers. Look at what Ethereum has done since then compared to gold. There's no doubt about it. And with Ethereum, you could turn into Bitcoin in two seconds. All right? I mean, it's so gold, how fast can you turn that into Bitcoin? Not at all. So I, I was right. I, I, I mean, I think an objective person can say it was better to buy Ethereum than buy gold in 2018. Look, look at how they perform. And that, that's not that's that's not saying that I'm a Bitcoin hater. I mean, some people will say, "Oh my God, how can you say it was better to buy Ethereum than Bitcoin?" That uh, excuse me, than gold. It was, it was, and the world is becoming more digital. Ethereum could do a lot more than gold too. Can you build a smart track contract on top of gold? No, you cannot. Are kids flocking toward gold? Are they buying building NFTs on top of gold? No, they cannot. They are not. It's digital. It's a golden freaking age. And I love things you can innovate on top of. And gold, you, you know, gold, you could build some uh, physical things. Elon Musk, I'm sure, is using gold in his, uh, in his uh, rocket ships. There's a positive thing. There, there's something. There's something there for you people, for you gold, gold fans there. All right, here, here's something I've been meaning to share for a while. There's a guy named Stephen Kotkin. I saw him on, um, I guess, I don't know if I saw him on Lex Friedman first. He was just recently on Lex Friedman. I think I saw him on, um, what's the Stanford? Uh, Stanford puts out, uh, what is their, uh, their thing that Stanford puts out? Hang on here. I got the, uh, the name of it, of it. Hang on. I want to, I want to get this right because Stanford and, uh, Man, why I can't even see what it is. Oh, what what's the the uh, it's not Stanford is the university, but they have a certain school there. And well, whatever the case is, Stephen Kotkin brought up a, a a very good point about the world that we live in today, and he says that the existentialism in terms of uh, exaggerating the threats bringing an end to our our country, okay? That every little thing that happens is an existential threat to the the country. And it isn't. And you can't stop, you can't live your life that way. And when you think every little thing is a threat to Bitcoin, all right, you're you're playing into the same general, uh, I know, mainstream narrative that's out there that just because someone believes in something different than you in, in America, that it's a threat to America, that it's a threat to democracy, that it's a threat to, 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 your, to your life. It's not. Ethereum is not an existential threat to Bitcoin. All these altcoins existing is not an existential threat to anything. 
All right. So we are living in this exaggerated time, and Kotkin talks about that this world would be a, if we could just all tone down the rhetoric some, uh, you know, people wouldn't be uh, led to doing extremely insane things. But I'm a, I'm a believer in freedom of speech. And so if people want to exaggerate everything, and say everything is an existential threat to them, that is fine. And that Adam can't remember the name of what's going on at Stanford, and nobody else can either, kind of annoys me right now. And I just want to, what is a, I've just, I've just got it in my head. I watch the channel often. Uh, I'll link to it afterwards, all right? It's, you know, sometimes they have like neocons and stuff that are on there and whatnot. Just traditional, Condoleezza Rice is in charge of it. The Hoover Institute. There you go. Kotkin has been on the Hoover Institute. He's been on Lex Friedman. Uh, he's, he's an interesting character. He really knows about Russia. And the Ukraine is a smart guy. All right, let's see uh, if I have anything else to uh, to say. All right, yeah, you're getting this is some unique beast stuff you're getting here today in terms of Bitcoin and tying it into uh, governance of the United States, tying it into what true decentralization is, tying it into the people who want who state that there should only be one Bitcoin culture and one, there should be only one cryptocurrency. It's, it's not that simple people. Um, there's always going to be other things that pop up. And, uh, and even, even though Bitcoin is the sound best sound money out there, there are always going to be people that are, you know, uh, producing light coins of the world and, you know, let them compete, let them compete. Don't waste your time complaining. Don't waste your time complaining. It's this compete, don't complain. Live it. All right. What else do we have here? Oh, so yeah, Charlotte, Bitcoin Day in Charlotte is coming up. What is that? On uh, June the 12th, is that? Very, very soon. Not this Saturday, but the Saturday after that, which is, yes, um, June the 11th. June 11th. It's a Saturday. I will be there. I know some of you use the Adam 10 discount code. And then Denver is July 23rd or July 22nd. Oh, they're, they're doing discounts right now. Follow Bitcoin Day. Uh, and again, Mike, you can just Adam 10 is the discount code. I link to the Bitcoin Day Charlotte event. It would be nice to be uh, with Ric Flair. Woo! No, he won't be there, but it is Ric Flair territory down uh, down south in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. All right, let me just make sure. Any any other questions? Type in Bitcoin Meister. But just look on the. You know, instead of hating, look at the positives of these things that are about to happen in the crypto, the, the Ethereum 2.0 thing. Uh, and yes, it is going to be annoying that the ESG narrative is going to be pumped out there and that people will be attacking proof of work. But you should be confident that Bitcoin is the best and it will rise to the occasion. All right. Without ad hom homonyms and just baseless attacks and it just over just exaggeration of, you know, Ethereum is about to die. Ethereum. The, the reason why Bitcoin is awesome is because Ethereum is going to die. No, that isn't a legitimate reason at all. All right. They can both coexist. All sorts of other things that I cannot predict are going to come out of this smart contract realm. Venture capitalists are going to fund all sorts of things that you might not like. Guys, I got to tell you, venture capitalists are awesome in terms of what they have fought. They, they were, they funded SpaceX and Elon Musk and so many other things that are out there that make our lives great. Who can, are they the villains of the world because they funded Solana? 
Are they the devil? Because they fund Solana. Who cares if they fund Solana? Who cares what Solana does? All right. Should, should Elizabeth Warren make venture capitalists illegal? That would make your world a lot worse. Okay. So all this crypto mommy stuff, ask yourself, why? Why should we have regulation? It's because Elizabeth Warren says so. That'll put it in perspective and show you that you're kind of a C-U-C-K when you believe in this stuff because Elizabeth Warren says so, when it boils down to that uh, worship of authority. And, uh, and another thing, with the people that say, Adam, well, I don't want Ethereum to become 10% of a Bitcoin again. Guys, there's nothing wrong with Ethereum being $10,000 and Bitcoin being $100,000. I have said before that I do believe that will happen one day. That Bitcoin and Ethereum put together, and I've tweeted it out, a little chart I even made, I think, for those of you that need fancy sets and graphics. 60% of the total cryptocurrency market cap will be Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then the 40% will be other nonsense that's out there. Uh, and no, we don't need we don't need the world. We don't need Elizabeth Warren to protect, protect us from some dude in Korea making Luna, all right? Let him make his Luna 2.0. If you buy that stuff, it's your own fault. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Again, you don't need Elizabeth Warren because Elizabeth Warren says so. We need to be protected from Luna. How ridiculous. How re You're not big, a big boy enough to protect yourself from some guy in Korea making his own stable coin? Why are you even in stable coins? Why are you, you, you're a fiat freak on, on a certain level if you're in stable coins. Be my guest if you want to be in it, but don't go crying that you lost, there are all these articles coming out there now. Oh, look, this guy lost all his wealth in Luna. Why did he have 275? He was a doctor. It was an article about a doctor that showed all these people who blindly worship medical doctors. He had like $275,000 in Luna or something insane. Why? Why? Okay, now you learned your lesson. You don't need Elizabeth Warren to go steal money from me to make yourself feel better, all right? To, to reimburse yourself now <laughs> because of a stupid mistake you made. So yeah, I... I Ethereum being dead or Ethereum being $10,000 and Bitcoin being $100,000? What, what sounds better to you? And what sounds more plausible to you? I, I, again, read read the Bitcoin obituaries and then read the, the um, Ethereum obituaries. And then think about the an end of Animal Farm when the pigs became the humans. You couldn't tell the difference from the pigs and the humans anymore at the end of Animal Farm. And so do you want to be in a situation where you can't tell the difference between certain Bitcoiners and Peter Schiff? And, can, and the difference between certain Bitcoiners and people who go worship the government. You, that's, not, that's just like, that's terrible. But there are some, on a certain level, there are certain Bitcoiners you can't tell the difference between them and statist. All right. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. So use your brains, dudes. Uh, pound that like button. Subscribe to the channel. And uh, do ask yourselves, if you are truly comfortable with Bitcoin and with the separation of state and money, if you truly believe in this separation of state and money, why do, why should, who has the, why, why do governments have the right to say who has the right to uh, have a monopoly on setting interest rates, have a monopoly on, on printing money, and have, have, a, have a monopoly on proof of stake? Why should governments have a monopoly on proof of stake? Because Liz Warren said so? Always ask yourself that question. Always ask yourself that question. And I want to say something, one more, one more thing about the anchor. Trust anchor. Bitcoin is that trust anchor and anyone has a right to build any, you can't stop anyone from building on top of the trust anchor. It is 
the security truth machine in this world of lies, in this world of lies, it is the most trustworthy entity out there. So let people use it for what they want to use it as and be comfortable with the fact that nothing else out there is the trust anchor. And you should just be cool with that. Pound it. And soon we'll have another show. Thanks a lot, sponsors. And thanks a lot to, to the people who uh, continue to contribute. Uh, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Pound that like button.